Welcome to the 1000 Day Sober Podcast. I am your host, Lee Davey. I am not an alcoholic. I refuse to be anonymous. I am someone who doesn't drink alcohol. And I spent every waking moment in my life helping other people do the same, like right now. Booyah! Get in there. So today we're going to talk a little bit about anxiety. In the Strive Method for Addiction, our six-month powerhouse of an experience designed to help you become someone that doesn't drink alcohol and live consciously, there is a, an assignment where we talk about uh, anxiety in the thought phase. And a striver recently wrote a very long um, response uh, in her homework assignment around anxiety. And I just thought I would spend a little bit of time, uh, with her permission, of course, uh, just going through her homework assignment and uh, giving my uh, opinion given my learned opinion uh, and some reflections uh, that I think might be help might help you out there if you are also struggling for anxiety. Because very often, uh, anxiety is a major, major, our failure to deal with it effectively is a major reason why we drink alcohol. Um, uh, so definitely something worth talking about. So right at the top of uh, this uh, beautiful person's homework assignment, uh, she said, I didn't think... I, I didn't used to think I was anxious, uh, but now I realize that I am and that I've been using alcohol to mask it. Now, that is um, a really stunning realization right out of the gate, right? That shows an acute sense of awareness. Now, awareness and open-mindedness is really important if we want to be someone that doesn't drink alcohol and live a conscious life. It is a skill that... If we're not living consciously and we are stuck in the matrix, that we likely have not developed to its true potential. Okay. Having an open mind is above the line behavior. It is conscious, it is presence. Having a closed mind is below the line behavior, right? So having that open mind allows you to be like, oh, hang on a minute. Am I anxious? Am I not anxious? Let me ask. Let me ask somebody. Let me ask myself. I wonder if I am an anxious person, right? Really important. So I didn't used to think that I was anxious, but now I realize that I am and I've been using alcohol to mask it. Number one, we are all anxious. Everybody is. So it's not a question if I didn't used to think I was anxious or not, but doesn't that in itself say something about society? Just that one sentence. And very often as a coach, I can find the some really big gems, some big learning opportunities in the real nuance, in the, in, the, in, the, in the writing even. So I didn't used to think I was anxious. That fits into uh, the stereotype, the paradigm that we have, that people are either black or white. They're either anxious or they're not. But that's not the truth. The truth is when it comes to anxiety is we're all in the grayness of that anxiety spectrum. And that is really good. Because what I like to teach people in 1000 Days Sober is our emotions are a superpower. We have, again, been taught likewise. So from the moment that we came out of the womb into this body screaming and kicking, into this world screaming and kicking, most of us have been told via feedback of various different mechanisms that expressing our emotion in any way is wrong. So we then repress it. It then gets stuck into our body 
and it causes a jam. All right. And as we grow up, we create safety mechanisms that prevent us from experiencing our emotions because we've learned that it's wrong, that we've learned that it's unsafe to do so. Okay. Um, so this comes out in this in this saying, I didn't used to think I was anxious. It's a type, but we need anxiety. Anxiety is a byproduct of fear. Okay. Fear really, according to Cara McCla Carla McLaren in a great book, Languages of Language of Emotion, fear is intuition. So when we're feeling afraid, when we're feeling fearful, what is actually happening in is our intuitive senses are being prickled, are being charged. And we have a wonderful opportunity to harness that power. But our societal conditioning around fear is that fear is bad, that fear is unsafe. And worry and anxiety are byproducts of fear. So worry and anxiety also become unsafe or bad. But fear, stroke, worry, stroke, anxiety, it is a superpower. Cara McLaren points to um, an author of a book around fear. I can't remember his name now. And she said that he interviewed countless people who had been the victims of violent assault. And a high percentage of them felt intuitively that something was going to happen way before it did. That is fear. That is intuition. Those of us who are programmed and trained that fear is not bad, that fear is good, and we've learned how to channel fear effectively and discharge and ground out the unhealthy aspects of fear and to harness the positive elements of fear, the intuition, the clarity, the focus. In those instances where violence is just around the corner, we usually can avoid it. If we are not in tune with our fear, if we don't think it's a superpower, if we do think it's a bad thing, we're likely the ones who end up in that violent altercation because we ignored our intuition. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a very important announcement. If alcohol cravings are kicking your ass from here to kingdom come, then you will be interested to learn that right now we are running a 12-day free workshop Alcohol Craving Secrets, a five-step plan that will change your life. You don't have to pay anything. All we ask is you show up, you type a few words in your keyboard every day, and your life will change. If you are interested in learning more about joining this fantastic group, then please email us at 1kdaysober at gmail.com, and we will help change your life. Over and out. I now realize that I am, and I have been using alcohol to mask it, Wonderful, wonderful realization because any emotion, think of human beings as in and out creatures, right? So we breathe in oxygen and we breathe out CO2. We drink uh, golden milk and we pee it out. We eat split pea soup and we poop it out, okay? We are in out creatures. Emotions are the same. Something happens to us, okay, and, 
and we have a thought or something comes into us, an experience or an action or a behavior, and then we have an emotion. We have an experience and that has to go out of us. But we have not been programmed to do that. We have not been trained how to do that. We are clueless. We are babies when it comes to that. Most of us, particularly the ones who end up on the doorstep of 1000 Days Sober looking for help. And yes, the, the pure, healthy use of fear, anxiety, and worry, and the, the channeling of those emotions, we need to learn to like start from homeostasis to reach the apex of those emotions and that feeling and then get back to homeostasis naturally as a human being. Alcohol circumvents that and stops that from happening. So we have anxiety, we have stress, we have worry, we drink alcohol, we numb out and actually kind of black out and we think it's done the job, but all that emotion is now stored in the body. It hasn't gone anywhere. So it starts to fester and become toxic. That's one night. Imagine if you're using alcohol as a way to circumvent those feelings every day. Imagine if you're doing it to you know, circumvent those feelings for decades. Like, can you imagine how much pent up, stored up, blocked anxiety and stress and worry and fear we have in our body? Is it little wonder that we then leave our body and dive into our head to escape? You know, because it's it's safe refuge up there, right? Because we can't remember everything, but the body never lies, right? The body never lies. Now, if we have to go into our body and see the truth, our reality, then we have to do something about it. But if we go into our head, we can pretend that, you know, none of this shit really exists, right? Why it can be so confronting when you do this work, when we go into the shadows, when we go into the ashes, when we start our catabasis, it can be quite daunting. What I want people to do is through the safety and the sanctity and the security of coaches, of uh, like-minded people, support groups, is to get a little bit excited about what it, the potential of turning your emotions into a superpower, to get excited about pulling out and extracting the intuition from the anxiety, right? Um, this wonderful survivor says, I feel anxious in social situations where I feel trapped, especially if there is booze. I'm feeling anxious about all the pubs opening again. However, I know that I can do it now. I can go to a pub and drink something non-alcoholic. I think I've enjoyed the break from alcohol that COVID has given society. Two things that I want to draw your attention to in that paragraph that we cover in the fourth phase of the Strive Method for Addiction is, um, and this comes out of the work of motivational interviewing, and um, it's it's our, our language. So we are very linguistic beings, right? Very often it is our stories that it's creating havoc with us, right? We are very linguistic. This is why journaling is is a really good way of channeling emotion, right? Because of our linguistic tendencies. Now, how we talk to ourselves is really important. And there are two forms of talk. One is change talk and one is sustained talk. So when it comes to alcohol, for example, change talk could be, I'm going to stop drinking alcohol. Sustained talk would then be, but I don't think I'm going to do it forever. 
And what I what I am trying to coach people to do here at One Thousand Days Sober is to identify in their writing and in their verbalization and in their body language when they're using change talk and when they're using sustained talk and to change it. So we're in a consistent flow of change talk, changing from um, negativity, unhealthy behaviors, below the line thinking to above the line thinking to presence, out of drama into presence, right? Raising awareness of that is key. It is critical. Why? Because the way the energy moves around our mind is dictated by the internal structures in mind. Energy will always flow dependent on the structure, right? And we have a lot of beliefs and we have values and we have paradigms that have been built over many, many, many years. We have neural pathways that just click into place and light up when a scenario presents itself. That is the right way to do things. That is our paradigm. That is our worldview. That is the way we 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 do this. To be someone that doesn't drink alcohol, live a conscious life, we have to change these grooves, real deep grooves as well. We have to kind of like get the spade out and we have to get the pliers out and we need to dig and we need to bury this old wiring and we need to like create new wiring. So this happens in the consistency and the habit of change talk. So, so listen to this. I feel anxious in social situations where I feel trapped, especially if there's booze. That is, is sustained talk. I feeling anxious about all the pubs opening again. Sustained talk. However, I know I can do it now. Change talk. I could go to the pub and drink something non-alcoholic. Change talk. I think I've enjoyed the break for alcohol that COVID has given society. Change talk. So it starts off pessimistic, ends up optimistic. What would it be like if it was always optimistic? Amazing, 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 powerful resource, right? Super powerful. I can feel anxious about my future, about work. And this type of anxiety can, anxiety can make me freeze and brush it under the carpet, right? So she doesn't want to deal with it. And then she talks later on about anxiety around money, anxiety around her breakup with her ex, anxiety around um, uh, going to school with her kid, anxiety about how she looks, all these type of different types of things, right? A couple of things with anxiety that could really help, right? Again, learning through the work of Cara McLaren. Um, one of them is to really get an, an understanding of our personal boundary. So a lot of us believe that our personal boundary is our skin. The skin is the, um, the city limits of our personal boundary. But Carla teaches in the language of emotion that we have a much bigger personal boundary or aura than we really believe we do. And people who can develop a secure attachment, um, either through childhood or through a lot of work later on in life, people who are operating from presence more, who are more with it and you know they're not stuck in the matrix, they're, they are really aware about what is going on in life. These are people with good, strong personal boundary. And she says that a personal boundary is simply, if you put your arms out from side to side, that is, that is at your fingertips, the, the city limits of your personal boundary. You put them above your head, same there, and then down below. So in essence, you are a yolk within an egg of a personal boundary. And Carla talks about erecting and strengthening that personal boundary when we're feeling um, fearful, for example. 
right? Because often fear and anxiety and worry, we spew it on the other people. We spew it onto other people with um, our behaviors of blame, our behaviors of uh, judgments, sarcasm, uh, anger, frustration, all below the line, unconscious behaviors, drama, 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 okay? The personal boundary and just literally <sighs> closing your eyes, centering yourself, some a couple of deep breaths and just visioning that personal boundary around you. Carla says to choose like, you know, like a big neon light or anything that you think is going to help you to visualize that boundary. If you're no good at visualization, she says you can use sound or or fluid or whatever, whatever works for you, just picture you've got this boundary around you. Now, inside that boundary is your personal space. It's your space to work. So if you're feeling fearful and anxious and worried, just breathe that anxiety, that stress, that worry, that anxiety into your personal boundary. Because the emotion is only going to cause you harm if it's inside your body, if it's trapped in your body. But if you can channel it out of your body through breath into that personal space, or maybe you say to yourself, for example, where am I feeling anxious right now? I'm feeling it in my gut. What does it feel like? It feels like a melon, a big, hard melon. Now imagine that melon a foot away from you. So it comes out of your skin and it's now in your personal boundary. How does that feel? Well, it feels lighter now, right? It doesn't feel so heavy, but it's in your personal boundary. It's not beyond your boundary walls. You haven't given that melon of anxiety and dropped it on somebody's head. So the next space is really important, and that is grounding. Warning, warning, warning. Do not do this alone. Do not do this alone. Resistance wants you to do it alone because it knows you will give up quickly. Become a striver today. For £40 per month, you will receive a family full of love and support who all know what it feels like to be in the arena duking it out with alcohol. Access to our forum, Marco Polo groups, and exclusive content never before seen anywhere in this world or any hidden in a parallel universe. So sign up today. 1kdaysober at gmail.com. Over and out. So grounding is like just getting your feet best if you can get your socks off and get your feet into the dirt. It's just like all oh, electric currents need to be grounded for protection, right? To allow that discharge to go into the earth where the earth can handle it. So again, you can close your eyes, you can center, you can work with the breath, and then you can get your feet solid into that ground and you could ground yourself with a very simple guided meditation, thinking yourself as a tree, thinking yourself of this wonderful majestic oak and thinking of your roots going down deep into that rich fertile soil. And as you're doing that and feeling your roots going deeper and deeper and deeper connected to this grandmother earth, this soil, this rich soil, feel how strong and stable you are up above the ground. So your torso, your arms, your body, your neck, feel how strong you are because your roots are really strong below and you're grounded. Now that energy that anxiety, that stress, that worry that is now that melon in your own personal space, send it down into the ground. Give it to Mother Earth because Mother Earth will take that for you. She'll take that for you.
And you can either leave that energy free, that space free, or if you think you need some more love and support in that moment because of the fear and anxiety that you're facing, you can ask Mother Earth to send up that energy through those roots into your body to energize you, to realize and accept that you are powerful, that you have unused resources at your fingertips. You have this grounding exercise. You have Mother Earth there for you as a resource to help fill you up when you've let go. And now, if you can do that practice and make it a practice, then in your personal boundary, after we drop the fear, after we drop the anxiety, after we drop the worry and we've grounded ourselves and we've discharged it, we've healthily channeled it, we're left with the intuition. We're left with the focus. We're left with the clarity. And now we can say to ourselves, oh, isn't that an interesting point of view? I just got anxious about the pubs opening again. What is that trying to tell me? What is my intuition trying to tell me? What am I? What do I need to focus on right now? Could be a number of things. I don't know. It could be that your intuition is trying to tell you that that place is toxic, that the people you're going to meet there are toxic. It could be your intuition is telling you and raising clarity within you that you really want to be someone who doesn't drink alcohol. And if you want to be someone who doesn't drink alcohol, being in the pub where the sole purpose of that structure is to sell alcohol and to drink alcohol, maybe your clarity, your focus, your fear is telling you that is where you need to avoid. And if we cannot effectively discharge the noise that blurs the focus, that deafens the clarity, that removes that intuition and muddles it and fuddles it, the resistance is doing that. It's almost like a radio. There's a radio going there and there's a voice going, get out of the pub. Do not go to the pub. But it's... There's all this static and crackle and you can't really hear it. It's because resistance wants you to go to the pub. Why? It is easier to go to the pub than it is to create a grounding practice, a personal boundary, and to do this work. Why? Because if you do this work, you are melting away an upper limit that currently exists that is preventing you from achieving joy and happiness. Let's say, for example, you go to the pub, you ignore your intuition. You go to the pub, you let anxiety drive you to the pub. And then you get there and you start having conversations with people, but you don't really feel connected to them. Again, your intuition is telling you that these aren't your right people, But the anxiety and the fear and the worry of being alone is not allowing you to detach. It's keeping you in a desperate fight and battle for approval. So you stay there because you're afraid of being alone and you have these service level conversations. But when you're back home and you're able to go through this practice and you're able to ground and set up your own personal boundary and effectively channel your energy into the ground, just leave your intuition, focus and clarity 
then you can say to yourself, well, actually, I really do want deep, meaningful, intimate connections. Boom. Why would you have an upper limit problem preventing you from getting there? Because the joy and celebration of a beautiful, intimate, connected relationship means you're going to have to expose yourself to being hurt. You're going to have to expose yourself to being dumped. You're going to expose yourself to a man looking at your naked female body and not liking it. You're going to have to expose yourself as a man of having sex with somebody and only lasting 10 seconds or not being able to get an erection. Okay. You are going to have to expose yourself to getting hurt again or dumped because you have a track record of that. Maybe you have to expose yourself to being with another guy full stop because you was physically or sexually abused. So there's a limit there that prevents you from having deep conversations with people because you can't go through the perceived pain and suffering of vulnerability in order to make that connection. So we don't want to do the work. We don't want to read Carla McLaren's work and do these exercises and, and, and discharge the negative aspect of our fear, emotion, and keep the positive intuition, focus, and clarity. Because if we do that, we will stay away from the pub, we will stay away from those people, and we will ultimately fall in love with somebody who will provide us with the very thing we're afraid of getting. So it's much easier to go to the pub to drink and to keep having those service level conversations because that is easier, okay? So I just wanted to raise that. I think that's really important. Uh, last, lastly, another really good exercise that Karen McLaren talks about when it comes to fear, stress, anxiety is conscious complaining, right? And what Carla says is, if you're in a house, obviously you don't want to be doing this when you're around your kids. Although I do think that, I do think this is a wonderful exercise actually to introduce your children to, so they can do it as well. However, some of the things you would like to complain about might be of adult content. You don't want your kids to hear it. So that discernment is up to you. But I do think as parents, we should encourage our children to uh, consciously complain. But let's say you're in the house. You could make an altar. Carla, Carla McLaren says she makes an altar of like things she wants to complain at. <laughs> you know, like if you want to complain at Donald Trump or Joe Biden, for example, stick them up there on a, and complain about them. You might want to go out in nature. Around the corner from here, there's a particularly um, gnarly looking tree. I think I might want to complain at that. And then whatever you find, whatever you want to complain at, just go to town. Go to town. Really just complain about everything you can think about. Just complain about it all. Get it all out there. I'm fed up of this weather. I'm fed up of living with my in-laws. I'm fed up of never being able to get any sex. I'm fed up of never having enough money. I'm fed up of feeling so tired. I'm fed up of constantly having to of, of this debate and argument of alcohol. I'm fed up of anxiety. I'm fed up of my kids' issues in school. I'm fed up of my ex-husband. I'm fed up. I just go for it. And don't hold back and really get into your body and let those emotions flow. Don't stop yourself. Let it go. And then when you've finished, just say a little gratitude prayer and appreciation and thank. Thank whatever you've been complaining at. They're soaked up all that energy for you. If it's a tree, thank you, tree for taking all that off me, you know? You will feel so much better at the end of that, all right? So anxiety, it's a doffer. 
<laughs> it's a duffer. It's a, it can be really bad for us, but at the same time, it can also be really, really powerful and a, and a, and a superpower. So just remember, anxiety, worry, byproduct of fear. Fear is intuition, focus, and clarity. It's not just watching them on Amazon Prime and being scared of ghosts. All right. I hope that helps. If you would like to work with me further on this or any other topic related to being someone who doesn't drink alcohol or living a conscious life, I am here as a personal coach to work with you. Email me at 1kdaysober at gmail.com or WhatsApp me plus 1-213-219-0103. I'm here to help a million people overcome addiction and break free from disempowered relationships. If you want a part of that and you want to work with me, you want to step up and invest in yourself, give me a shout. All right. Much love. Take care. 